Welcome to the December 3rd sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, and the sermon is entitled, Announcement to Mary, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Go back to the Gospel of Luke as we jump in and we pause that series of Peter for just a season, and we think of three words through this Christmas season, and those three words are these, Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. That is the theme in my mind and in my heart as I have prepared these Christmas uh, sermons, messages. And I want you to know I've already written the first one of the new year. So I'm, I'm ahead of the game here. But in all areas, and I believe in all seasons, we need to be people that look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter number 2. Says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, and he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down the right hand of the throne of God. It is our job as believers to always keep our eyes on the Lord and look to Jesus no matter what season, but especially in the season of the coming of the Savior of the world. It needs to be a season that is surrounded with so many fun things. Don't don't neglect or negate the fun things, but as one that must be a priority as we look to the Lord. He is the reason, as we say many times, for the season. And it is in this season we as Christians need not to be caught up in the busyness that it offers. In a time as we kick off this Christmas season and these messages... It is a time that Jesus needs to be celebrated as the redemptive plan is unfolding in the life of the world. In a world that didn't know the plan, in a world that didn't exactly understand it, but it started in the heart of a young teenage girl. Today, as we take God's word over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at Mary As the announcement comes that the Savior would come through her. We're going to look at that today. In a couple weeks we will look at the announcement to Joseph via angel. That he would have to carry out God's plan for his own life. But also for the Savior and taking care and being the earthly father for Jesus. And then we will look to those wise men and the gifts that they bring. That share the great hope of who Jesus really is. And I pray that through this Christmas season, every single one of us is encouraged to look to Jesus ourselves. But we are ready to encourage those around us to look to Jesus as well. That said, we look to God's word and it begins with an announcement. An announcement to Mary. Announcements are sometimes good. I've been on the giving end of good announcements. I remember when we broke the news to our family that we were having children. I don't know, some of you may, be, may remember the, the time that we broke it to the church. I was the youth pastor at the time. And long ago, uh, in a revival service at Shipman Baptist Church, Pastor Mike was preaching that service, and I went to support him. I think I might have been the only one from the church that was there in support of him. And he was digging around in his coat pocket. You know, preachers, uh, we gather lots of stuff in our pockets, right? And so Mike was reaching around in his coat pocket before the service. And out he pops a binky. 
And he looks at that and he says, I don't need this anymore. And to a young youth pastor, he passed that, that binky to me and I put it in my pocket. It was not long after that that I would reveal to the church through that binky that Levi was on the way. That binky belongs to somebody now, I think. I think somebody still had... Aaron got that binky. You had that binky. But somebody else has that binky in this room. And I don't know who it is, but don't nobody tell me. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised one day. But we use that as an announcement to our church family and people that we dearly love that God was blessing our family and adding to it and growing it. And I was grateful for that announcement the births or promotions or good results. We love those kind of announcements. And we, have, we live in a world that makes the most of those announcements. We have gender reveals and we have all kinds of ways to get the word out. That joy is on the way. But in this room today, there are people that have received announcements that have literally broken their hearts. So every announcement is not one received with joy. Sometimes they're received in mixed emotions. And I believe that we get a glimpse into that kind of lifestyle and that situation today as we carefully look at the life of a teenage girl whom God chooses to bring His Son into the world through her life. So today as we look at the announcement to Mary... I want you to see a couple of different things that this announcement entails. Now listen to me, church. This, this, this promise is not necessarily our promise today. This is the promise for Mary. But I believe as believers we can glean a lot from God's character and who He is in every situation that God wants to lead our life. Luke chapter number 1. Look at verse number 26 through 28 as we start this message today entitled, The Announcement to Mary. Verse number 26 says this, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into, uh, in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. The first part of the announcement that I want you to see that was given specifically to Mary was this, that she was going to be blessed. How many of you in this room today know that you are blessed, not by your own doing, but by God's amazing grace? Lift it high if you know that you're blessed. We are a blessed people. And here is the reality, church. That blessing is not anything that you have done or earned or deserved. That blessing is from God and God alone. There are times I look at my life and I say, God, I don't deserve this. But thank you for the great blessing that you are in my life. The blessing, as Luke, Luke's gospel opens up, it starts with his work of an angel named Gabriel. And at the beginning of chapter number 1, as you read through chapter number 1, 
there is a man named Zacharias. And Gabriel tells him that he and his wife Elizabeth would be having a child. And that child would be a great child in the sight of the Lord. It would turn many in Israel to the Lord their God. And this child would grow to serve the Lord and to serve him very well. This child's name would be John the Baptist. You know that. And John the Baptist would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. At the beginning of our scripture, verse number 26, six months later, the same angel appears in a little town of Nazareth to a young woman named Mary. In this announcement, it is easy for our eyes to run to verse number 28 where it talks about she would be blessed and, and, and she, she would be favored and God would use her in so many ways. But in this small town to a young girl, we're told two important things from this announcement. And they begin in verse number 27. The little town of uh, Nazareth is mentioned in verse number 26. Mary and Joseph have connections and descendants of David. And it is out of that Davidic line that the Messiah would come. But as this is being announced and as spousal is being talked about, a spousal is simply this. It is a year or more prior to a marriage, but it carries greater weight than what you and I would know as an engagement period. I don't know how long you were engaged to be married. I was engaged for a year and a half, and that was as long as I could stand. No, I think I'm, I think I'm wrong. I, I, I dated a year and a half. I was engaged for a year. Let me get that right. Two and a half years I was married to Terry. Okay? I don't know how long. Through the years sitting in the counseling office, how long should we be engaged? How long should somebody... There are some people in here that were not engaged a month and got married. And there are some maybe in the room that have been engaged years or more. But this is spousal period is stronger than an engagement it carries with it a legal responsibility of marriage they are technically to be married so an espousal takes this it takes a man and a woman and it puts them together in a planned arranged married marriage situation but with it is the legal binding that they are to be married and they can't get out of it unless they file for divorce. Even though they're not technically married, they still must be divorced in order to end it. And so, that's where we find Mary and Joseph. They're in that engagement, a spousal period of their life. And the news is coming that the Lord is getting ready to use her in a powerful, powerful way. The second part of the announcement that we cannot miss is this. In verse number 27, it speaks of Mary being a virgin, never knowing a man. And this is foundational to our faith. Listen to me, church. Without this, he cannot be God. Without sin in his life, he cannot be God, don't just skip over those words and think that they're inappropriate for ears. No, this is foundational for our faith. This young lady is committed to Joseph in marriage and she hasn't known him. And through this plan of God, the virgin birth 
would bring about a holy, sinless Savior into the world. So the announcement starts that something major is coming. Something different than has ever happened in all of the world is about to take place. And it's going to happen in the life of a teenage girl. I love this scripture. Because verse number 28 defines Mary in three ways. It says, verse number 28, the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary is highly favored. She understands that she has the Lord's presence with her. And she will be blessed among all women. As the angel acknowledges this about Mary and who she is and her faithfulness to the Lord. She's sitting there listening. She's not applying for this position. She didn't sign up and get chosen. She did get chosen. But it was by God himself. And as this information and this angel approaches her with this announcement... Her mind begins to race. Now imagine an angel showing up in your life and telling you, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you, and you're blessed among all women. What did I do to deserve that? What did I do? As I end this point of Mary being a blessed woman, I want you to understand this. She is just an ordinary young woman who is faithful to to the Lord, minding her business, looking forward to marriage. And by God's grace and His grace alone, He chooses her to be the mother of the child. How many of us have been just doing normal everyday life and then God shows up? Here's what I want you to note. No, you're not going to be another Mary. But you can be a faithful believer in Jesus Christ who goes about your normal day minding your own business and God can still show up and God can still use you. We are a blessed people by God as we started out, but somehow we have forgotten that blessing is only from the Lord and not of ourselves. I want you to see a young girl who in her faith is blessed. There is no excuse, young or old. Age is not an excuse. We are still blessed by the hand of God. Look in verses 29 and 30. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Point number two of the announcement that I want you to see is there's a possibility of favor over fear. Favor over fear. Verse number 29 tells us this young girl's mind begins to race as she is approached by an angel and the beginning of the announcement that God was going to use her. These verses, it's Luke says this, it troubled her. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not going to sit on my high and mighty stool and say I've never been troubled. 
that nothing's never bothered me, that I've, I've maybe lacked faith and fear has taken over. Maybe my mind has wondered. Three o'clock in the morning, has your mind ever wondered? Or is that just your pastor? We let our minds go to work and our minds go to work. And Mary's is going to work. And verse number 29, she is troubled at what this angel is saying. It says, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She began to say, what in the world? This is Jeffrey's translation. What in the world is going to happen? I don't understand it. I don't know it. But something is about to happen in my life. It's okay not to understand the full picture of everything. And still be faithful to God. And still be used by God. We may not be able to see the biggest picture. But here's what I want you to know. Mary is no one special. There are certain denominations of the faith. That put Mary on a pedestal. Mary does not belong on a pedestal. Mary is just an ordinary woman who is obedient and faithful to God. She is no different than you or I in Clifford, Virginia today. We are ordinary people who God can use to do extraordinary things and maybe even things he's never ever done before. Do you believe that? Because faith believes that church. I think in looking in Mary's situation, this could be any one of us today. If this news were broken to us, for lack of better words, what in the world is going on? Maybe you've asked God that question. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And all she knows is, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't yet know how it's going to happen. But this angel has shown up and he's told me that I don't need to fear and I have found favor with God. The wording here is that God has graciously chosen Mary to be the mother of Jesus. And she has not earned it or she does not deserve it. But just in our lives, God extends grace and love and forgiveness to us and by faith we choose to follow. Favor of God is just another word of God's grace upon her life. She has not been set up on a pedestal. She has just found the grace that the Lord has offered in her life. I want you to see Mary's mind at work thinking and reasoning and processing at a young age. What in the world is God doing here? And she has received this grace and favor of the Lord. And the Bible says this. There are people like Noah and Joseph and Gideon and David and Daniel. And even Jesus himself that grow in grace and favor. A couple chapters over. Luke chapter 2 verse number 52 says this about Jesus. You don't have to turn there, just listen. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It is possible 
It is possible to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and His hand upon our life. Today, we don't worship the life of Mary. We recognize the grace of God can lead through fearful times and that grace or favor of God shows that He has a plan. The angels here says, trust God. I don't know about you, but in this moment, I would have been probably stressed and running and looking for somewhere to go. But here's the message. You've been favored. Grace has been poured upon your life. The Lord is getting ready to use you. Now, listen to me, church. If you are a believer sitting in this sanctuary or joining us online this morning, if you are a believer... As Dr. Massey said, a saint, not an ain't. If you are a saint, the grace of God has been poured over your life. And Jesus wants to use you in this great big plan of spreading the gospel, the good news to all of the world. You may not know how, you may not know why, you may feel so low and undeserving, but here it is. It's not about you anyway. It's about God and His plan. Speaking of God's plan, let's look at it. Verses 31 through 33. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. The plan of God. Point number three. God's plan. The announcement is this. That Mary would be the mother of this perfect sinless son of God. His name would be Jesus. And he would be the promised Messiah from the line of of David, He would be the son of the Most High. He would be uh, inheriting the throne of David. And this defines this baby to Mary as the king of Israel. And the promise of the Messiah. That kingdom, verse number 33, says would never end. As we think about God's great plan... I often look at it in what God has for me in the future. And I don't, know what, I don't know what tomorrow looks like, much less 10 or 15 years down the road. I have a, I have a hope. I have a plan. But God may, God's plan may be totally different. And here's the reality. If God's plan is totally different than my plan, I need to accept that. I need to obey that. And I need to follow that. As Mary is listening to this angel talk, she stays in tune with him. And we think about what is ahead of us in the kingdom of God, what that looks like. The Bible speaks of a day in which the Lord will return to rapture his people from this earth, but also a day that he will return to establish his kingdom forever and ever and ever. Amen. But here's the question. 
Are we to sit around and wait for God to show up and do something? Are we part of God's plan to build His kingdom on this earth? The Christmas story is not about angels. The Christmas story is not about Mary. It is not about Joseph. The Christmas story has, has all these fun participants. It's, it's not about the wise men. It's not about you and me. The Christmas story is about Jesus. The Son of God coming to this world so that God's redemptive plan could begin for all of humanity. Christmas is the beginning of Easter. And Easter is the beginning of God's kingdom being established forever and ever and ever. Amen. The world needed a Savior. But how would He get here? Would He march in the royal lines and the royal armies? Would He rise up through the ranks of a military? Or would He be born in a borrowed stable room? Where there was no room. That's the plan of God. God's plan is not always our plan. And we must submit to God's plan. Look at verses 34 through 37. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? There's the question we've been waiting on. Seeing I know not a man... And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, Nothing shall be impossible. Point number four of this announcement is that word. Nothing shall be impossible. It's only through God and His leading that we can say nothing is impossible. You can't say it in your own strength, in your own wisdom, in your own wanting or your own way. It must be only rooted in Christ, in Christ alone. Today, we sit here and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me that strength. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that, that, that with God, nothing is impossible? Or maybe I should reword that all things are possible. Is it possible? Even in a borrowed tomb, I mean a borrowed manger, excuse me, that the Savior would go to a borrowed tomb later in his life. Is that the plan of God? Is that the best God could come up with? Absolutely it is. As Gabriel delivers this news, Mary asks a question, and that question is not filled with doubt in my mind. She's a spouse. She hasn't physically been with anyone. And the result of her life, a pregnant teenager. 
God would use that? Absolutely. Because it would bring the perfect son into the world. And that was the only way perfection could enter the world again. How can this be? Those are the words that Mary utters. And it's holy. And it's unique. And it's God. The only virgin birth to date as the Holy Spirit overshadows her. And the word overshadow here is, means the presence of the Holy Spirit comes upon her. In the Old Testament scripture, we understand that the cloud overshadowed the people of Israel. That was, the, that was God Almighty. That was the presence of God. And yet the same thing happens in Mary's life. It's not a cloud this time. It is the Holy Spirit himself that overshadows her. And the angel spells this out in her questioning mind. The only way that the, whole, the child would be holy and sinless and able to lay down his life for a world of sin is through this method and this method alone. Verse number 37, look there real quick. For with God nothing shall be impossible. The angel reminds with God and God alone he has a plan and all things are possible unto his leading. And so Christian today we think of a pregnancy announcement about Elizabeth, Mary's cousin and a pregnancy announcement regarding Mary and her life. And we say this, as God done it to an old couple and a virgin couple, all things are possible through our Lord. Amen? Before I get to the ending, I want to interject here and say this. What's the impossible that you're facing or that's in your life? I thought raising teenagers would be impossible. We think raising our children in today's world is impossible. No, 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 it's not. Don't you dare. For such a time as this, with God, all things are possible. You root their raising in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will bless it. What are you facing that is impossible? Today, believer, you may need to submit that to the Lord. Because with him and by him, nothing shall be impossible. The last point, verse number 38, look there. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. A lot going through a teenage mind, and I can't even put myself in her shoes, and I don't really want to. But as Mary is hearing the, this announcement, she is seeing the angel. She is hearing that she's going to be a mother. She is uh, a spouse. Uh, to a man getting ready to be married. And now she is going to be pregnant with child. What are all the people going to say? That would have been my first thought. What's everybody going to say about this? As the angel delivers that news that Mary would be the chosen one. She utters these words. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Those words, and it's our fifth point today, be it unto me as she is hearing this announcement, trying to figure out how this is going to work and what's going to happen. She submits to the Lord using her and she becomes a servant of the Lord.
be it unto me. I want you to see a young lady that is a disciple submitting herself, her life, her using to the plan of God. As you and I look to Jesus this Christmas season, let me ask you this. Have we asked or have we said to the Lord, Lord, be it unto you. It is your will, your plan, your using of me. I bow to that. I submit to that. Is it about his promise? It is, is it about his plan? It is about his provision for the people of all the world. This is bigger than Mary. This is God. This is God coming to the earth for you and me. 2,000 years later. Brothers and sisters today. As we look at this birth. I remember getting saved as a 15 year old boy. And I said this is crazy. I don't understand it. At a 41 year old pastor. This is a crazy plan. But it's of God. And with God, there's nothing that is impossible. And I don't understand it all. And it's hard for my little mind to wrap around and comprehend. But by faith, I believe this is my Savior. And this is exactly how He came to the world. Maybe today, you've never accepted this great gift of God. Jesus and his sacrifice for your life. His coming as a baby would lead to the direction of a cross for a relationship with you every single day of your life. If you have never surrendered to the Lord, that's going to be my first invitation today. If you've never surrendered to the Lord, here's an invitation. You come and surrender your life. To him as Savior today. Here's the second part of the invitation. If you Christian brother, sister. If you've never surrendered to his plan for your life. Today needs to be the day that happens. And you trust him no matter what the days ahead look like. What the questions look like. What doubts or concerns you may have. You just utter these words from, from verse number 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Lord I'm trusting you for it all today. Today. All across this room in our hearts. Will we cry. Be it unto him. Lord it's your, it's your will. It's your plan. I submit Today, may he put our eyes and our hearts and our lives on him this Christmas season. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to you now in a moment of dedication and rededication of our lives. Lord, thank you that through scripture, Lord, we see that you use ordinary people to carry out your extraordinary plan for the world. Lord, the world doesn't need to birth another Savior. 
Lord, Christians need to stand up for the one that we have. God, would you use normal people in, in Amherst County, Virginia and, and Lynchburg and all the surrounding areas, would you just use ordinary people to do extraordinary things for God's glory and God alone? And it starts in two ways. Unbelievers becoming believers and believers really submitting to the Lord. Today in this moment of invitation, May your Holy Spirit move in such a way that puts us on our knees and puts our eyes upon our Savior, trusting in all areas of our life, in every situation, and in every season. God, we give it to you now. We bow before you, and we pray that your Holy Spirit move in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.